Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to the Oil Spills Podcast, return from summer edition, or did, did we even have summer? We did not have summer. Not here? No, not here. And you didn't even bother trying to find summer? No, I was. I had it all planned out. It was going to be like a nice, uh, relaxing, barbecue, golf-filled, festival-filled staycation, and uh, it just... Lots of, so Netflix and chill? Did not get off the ground, no. No. And you, Derek? I went looking for it last week in Los Angeles. And you found it? I found it. Yeah, plus 30. It's, yeah, it's typical LA. LA, I don't know. The easiest job to me in the world would be a weatherman in LA. Yeah. Every day is plus 25 and sunny. Like, not a cloud in the sky. And it's just gorgeous weather. So, yeah, I went down there for a week and uh, hung out there and watched a few sporting events and had some fun. And now you're back hanging out at the rink. Yeah. Well, I'm excited about the rink. I'm, I think it's kind of an interesting, you know, it's. I, I think there's a bit more... Um, wait and see attitude and there isn't the optimism that was there last year the year before the year before that i think a lot of people are kind of tired of being disappointed so but i think you know there's a lot of moving parts to this this team this year so i think there's a lot of interest there anyway it'd be interesting to see what what they do with all these moving parts i still think they're trying to throw a lot of things against the wall and see what sticks yeah. when they bring in a lot of guys like you know the guys the guys that they've brought over from europe um, but I am interested to see how, you know, James Neal looks and whether or not McDavid can get 120 points this year and dry sidle challenge 50 goals. So there are some interesting storylines, whether or not this team is good enough to make the playoffs. So I'm, I'm not convinced. Yeah, they've, uh, they're, they, once again, they're counting on a lot of things going right for them. And it's just, it was saturation bombing. Like they just brought in a ton of guys, uh, on forward trying to fill, you know, those bottom six spots and, but by and large, once again, a lot of them are unproven. You know, you have some, you know, Granlund who's been around a little bit and Archibald's been around a little bit, but, uh, you know, we'll see. But the, like in the market, it's it's the blind loyalty is gone. Like Derek was saying, it's a, it's a wait and see. Like nobody's fully buying into this, you know, blind optimism that has been the case in the past. They're kind of bracing for the worst, hoping the best kind of a mentality, which might not be the, the worst way to go with this team. We even look at the exhibition game last night. There, there was a lot of empty seats for an exhibition. Like for the first time, you get to see the Oilers in their jerseys. Um, there was a lot of empty seats in that place last night. So you got to wonder if that's going to be a trend this year. I should have actually just been a little more formal off the hop. I'm the host, Craig Ellingson, <laughs> and I'm with Derek Van Deest. Hello, Derek. Hello. And Rob Tchaikovsky. Rob both cover the Oilers for the Edmonton Sun and the Edmonton Journal. 
So they'll be down at Rogers Place and all over North America this this season as in seasons past. Um, of course, every preseason, every training camp is, it's like Christmas. You have lots of, you know, hope and wonder and, oh, look at all these bright, shiny things we have. We don't know what we have yet. But towards what you're saying, Rob, I think every season, you know, especially now with the new general manager and head coach, every season you're hoping that all these pieces you're assembling, like bringing in new players, whether they're uh, free agent signings, uh, new players via trade or one of your prospects that's been in the system, you're hoping that everything comes together and somehow works as quickly as possible. Um, that's true for the good teams and with for a team like the Oilers, which has not been a consistently good team at all, if one of the worst teams in the NHL over the last dozen years. That's what they that's what they need to happen. They need to have some of these rolls of the dice come through, whether it's a Thomas Yerko signing or maybe a William Lageson somehow makes the roster. Stuff like that. Or maybe Joel Person makes the roster. And Joel Person has been a big storyline for this team early, early, early in this training camp. He played that preseason game last night against the Jets on the top pairing with Oscar Clefbaum. And how did he look against that decidedly very AHL, if not worse, squad that the Jets iced? Yeah, it's as expected. You know, he you could tell that very early on a lot of stuff was coming at him pretty fast it's it's uh, not only the first game but the first game in north america for this guy so you know he was a little bit you know on his heels to some extent uh it helped having oscar clefbaum with him who could kind of solidify things and having a veteran presence then that was no accident that they that they gave him that partner just not only for that game but going forward hopefully that can be the that can be the tandem but he does make like the the subtle pass and and the, the the nice breakout and that's exactly what they're looking for from him you know like uh you know defense by way of offense and if you can retrieve the puck turn it around and get it out of your end as quickly as possible put it on somebody's stick on the fly that's that's a huge part of the way hockey is played nowadays so uh you know it's i put almost zero stock in anything i see until the first 3 or 4 games of the regular season so you know, I, I I care very little about what happened against the Manitoba Moose yesterday, but in 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 his defense, he looked pretty good for his first uh, timeout. Well, I think that the whole thing with training camp, and I think Rob alluded to this a little earlier, is that you know last year, how many guys looked so good in training camp, and we, everyone was so excited about, oh, this guy's going to come in here, and Tobias Reed's going to be great, and yeah. all these other guys are going to be great, and and they didn't pan out. So, yeah, I think you take it with with a grain of salt you take what you see with a grain of salt and you take it for for what it is and uh pearson last night yeah he looks like a guy that's pretty calm with the puck he, he has the puck he, he makes plays with the puck and he did it at nhl speed last night and it'll be interesting to see when he gets up to nhl speed and the guys are on him a lot quicker will he have that same composure on the puck and i think that's what the the oilers want to see and so i think he'll be gradually he'll play a lot in this preseason, but you look at the preseason, they, they shove seven games into two weeks, basically. And you're trying to find out who uh, your seventh defenseman, sixth, seventh yeah. defenseman are going to be and who your uh, bottom, you know, your, 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 the bottom half of your lineup is going to be. I think they, everyone knows what their roster is. And I think uh, once they get towards the end of preseason, they'll need one or two games to kind of get up to speed. Um, and then, We'll see what happens with McDavid. McDavid said he wants to play a couple of games, but from the all sounds of it, he he may not even be ready for the home opener. Yeah, I like the I like Holland's approach. Like, there's very little they could do in the summer. They didn't have a whole bunch of cap space, so he just threw a whole bunch of lines in the water. And if he gets two or three of those guys to bite, 
they can be in good shape. That's the irony of the Oilers. Like they have two pieces in place that organizations wait decades to get, you know, a 50 goal scorer and a, and a Art Ross MVP type of player in McDavid and Dreisaitl. Like that's the hard part. And granted it was gifted to them, but they have it. And all they needed to do is round out the rest of it. Like the, you know, the middle six, the bottom six, and that's the part they're struggling with, which is, you know, it shouldn't be. The yeah, case. it's it's really maddening to everybody, but it theoretically should also be the easiest area to fix. Like you sh- maybe a Granlund and, and an Archibald and a Gaetan Haas or a Nygaard or you know two of those guys turn out to be who they hope they can be. You know they're not asking them to score thirty; they're asking them to score ten and be good two way players. So, you know if they can get those parts, you know shored up a little bit. You know the top end of the roster, as everybody knows, is is pretty solid, and like on defense. Five of the spots are taken. They're just crossing their fingers that Pearson is is number six, and then number seven. You know, I don't know, don't necessarily think they want to give it to a young guy. So you know, that could that's disposable kind of. So it's interesting to see how this all shakes down. But I, you know, defense is the one area where they're literally counting on one guy, Pearson, to be the answer to uh, a problem because you know Sekera saved him a lot of money, but he was also a decent decent player. So that's a spot that, that's important to fill. I think every uh, preseason, there it always seems to be at least one player who wasn't on the roster the year before that stands out. Whether you're Kyler Yamamoto, who stood out the last two preseasons, he was drafted what 2017, or uh, you know, I was thinking about that Vladimir Kachev kid from five years ago. He stood out as well. I mean, he never he never did play in the NHL, but there's always an example like that. You know, Joel Person is now you know the it boy early on here in training camp. But when it comes to the Oilers' um, defense, like you were saying, one of one of those spots is going to be filled by one of these young players, probably, unless Brandon Manning somehow makes a comeback. He's in camp, is he not? Yep. Yes. And, you know, so we're looking at one of, you know, Ethan Bear and Caleb Jones have had NHL time with the Oilers in the last two, three seasons. Well, two seasons ago, Ethan Bear, last season, Caleb jo- Jones got a, you know, bunch of games in as well, but it could be William Lajeson. Um, There's Evan Bouchard. I don't know, you know, but when it comes to Evan Bouchard, I mean, he's coming into his first year of pro. He was, his last year of junior was last year. He was just drafted in 2018. You know, the other, you know, Bear and Jones and Lajeson, they've been in the system. I guess uh, Jones and Bear are going into year three in the minors and Lajeson spent some time in Sweden before coming over. So, in an ideal world, one of these guys is going to get that seventh spot. Yeah, one of them is. And it's funny because early on in camp, Ethan Bouchard has outplayed them all. Uh, he looked a lot better than, than a lot of those guys did in the scrimmage. He, he looked pretty good uh, last night. So it's going to be interesting to see because Bouchard is the most talented of, of that group by far, I think. It's just a matter of they want to develop him in the American Hockey League. They don't want him to come up here and and be the seventh defenseman and, and be in and out of the lineup. They, they If he can't crack the top six, then they want to send Ethan Bouchard back and they want to get him first pairing minutes in the American Hockey League, power play, penalty kill, all that stuff. But early on, it to me anyway, it seems that he is, he is a lot further along than those guys that have been in the minors for three years. Like those guys haven't really stood out. Caleb Jones and Ethan Bear haven't stood out from what I've seen and, and Bouchard has. And I think that's the difference. And he might have to force their hand if, if he's better than those other three or four guys. And do you keep him or do you say, oh, you still got to develop? Like what's the point of trying out, which is what this is? Well, then it so, could be a Yussi Pugliarvi situation all over again. It, it could be, it could be. Um, 
This is defense, not but, forwards. Yeah, it, it takes time to develop fencing, but what are you saying to the kid if he's still better than three of those guys and then one of those three guys makes the team and you don't? I, I don't know. It's it's an in, interesting situation with Bouchard. I, 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 I see him as a lot better than I thought he was. He's, he's a lot calmer than he was, and he's a great offensive instinct. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with him. Yeah, he's going to give them something to think about because offensively, he's NHL-ready right now. Like, he might be the best player, best defenseman on that team offensively. It's just, you know, the other side of it where if you're not good, your confidence gets destroyed and your team loses a bunch of games and you turn into Justin Schultz kind of a situation. So positive he's going to be the number one defenseman on this team within, you know, 24 months. So just make sure you get him from here to there properly. And if that means 40 games, 60 games in the American League, then, you know, it, it's not great for the here and now. And I'm sure the kid wants to play in the league, but pretty hard pressed to tell me that wouldn't be the best thing for everybody in the long term to, to, to get him his time. But then again, if he comes in here and kills it, then, then he gives him a decision to make. But then again, we're back to Last year when Kyler Yamamoto, Jesse Pugliarvi, and Tyratti combined for 17 goals in the preseason and solved all the problems on right wing. And by 15 games into the season, there were no right wingers. So you have to be careful about what you see here, but you also take a look at this kid and, and offensively, he's the real deal. Like he's, he's very calm. He makes the passes. He gets the shot through. He's going to be a power play quarterback. You know, if they can turn him into a really good defenseman on the defensive side of things, then then that's the package you're looking for. And that's the kind of player that can, you know, turn a team around. You know, I bring up Jesse Pugliarvi because he's the most recent mm -hmm. example of a high first round pick, you know, not not going anywhere with the Oilers, whether it's development or the player or both. But at the same time, you know, you talk about Bouchard now, but we can talk about Leon Dreisaitl in, in the same sort of light. I mean, mm -hmm. that's what happened with him. I mean, he came in here, made the team basically, but they did send him down to the NHL, to the AHL to get some seasoning because he needed it. But he played his way back onto the team eventually. I mean, I know it's, it's a different situation. He was sent back down to junior, traded to Kelowna from Prince Albert back mm -hmm. then, you know, but he did spend some some time in the AHL. And then when he got his chance, he made it, yeah. made it work. Yeah. He got cut. Well, he, yeah, he got sent back to junior after 30 some odd games. Yeah. And then, uh, you know, next year in camp, he got cut, went to, to the A, and then, you know, he was better for it. Darnell Nurse got cut a few times before he, and he's, you know, what was it, he's a seven, seventh overall, wherever, like, or was he 10th? What was Darnell Nurse? Seven or 10? He was 10th. He was yeah. seventh, I believe. You know, so he's a name guy and he was a, he was a, he was a presence out there and he was right on that bubble and they sent him, they sent him back and it, it, it's always for the better. Like there's no, there's no argument a little bit more seasoning is bad for a player. It's just, it's, it's the opposite can kill you, but more seasoning never hurts. Yeah. And I think it, it it's a situation where you, you have, we have that luxury of sending guys back. If you have guys that can play above them in the NHL right. level. Yeah. And the owners have never had that luxury. And I think that's the difference when, when Ken Holland comes in here and he goes, I like my guys to season in the, in the, in the minors. Yeah. Well, yeah, because you had some guys in Detroit that could play those minutes uh, and allow those guys to season in the minors. I'm not convinced that, especially on the blue line, the Oilers have that ability. If um, you know Russell got hurt, who knows? He's yeah. in concussion protocol right now, so who knows how long, you know, how far away he is. And um, it's interesting because, yeah, it, you need to be afforded that 
that luxury to be able to send guys down to, to ripen. But if he's better than, let's say, Benning, if he's better than Caleb Jones, if he's better than Ethan Bear, if he's better than the guys that you have now, and he's going to help you win, then that's, that's it. you know, it's a, it's a tough situation. But I agree. Ideally, you want to send this kid back for at least half a year, let him develop down there, let him get some seizing, and then bring him back maybe at, you know, Christmas or in January. Well, this is where Caleb Jones and and Ethan Bear there they should be on schedule to be stepping into those spots and and the fact that they're, you know, maybe not they're being mentioned sort of he's already passed those guys, maybe Ladjison already has has as well. It kind of speaks to they need to get it in gear too to try and say, listen, hey, don't forget about us. You know, if you're looking for somebody to be that sixth and seventh defenseman, like look no further than us. And they now is a good opportunity for them to step up and show that. Uh, you know they're they're very very close to being NHL caliber defensemen. And it's funny too because Caleb Jones, when he came up, was it in January this you know yeah. this past season? Everybody, the, the they were saying, hey, this guy's an NHL defenseman. This guy can play in the league. And here we are a few months later. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's I mean it's of course it's a numbers game, but these guys are also assets. I mean if I guess if Caleb Jones or Ethan Bear can't crack this roster, like there are teams out there that need defensemen yeah. and the owners have needs anyway that's i guess that's why you uh, have these quote-unquote assets because you yeah. can always trade them for something else it takes time and that's you you just can't rush it and and not saying that baron jones won't be but might take another year there's so, always injuries I, too you know yeah. <laughs> that's why you have depth i want to talk about Connor mcdavid now we all know about his uh, injury to his knee, his PCL torn in the last uh, regular season game uh, against the Calgary Flames. Holland came out and said, McDavid's not going to play any preseason games as a precaution. So he's re- ready for the regular season. Oh, you know, cross all your fingers. Now, now, Derek, you're saying, I'm sure McDavid would love to play at least a game or two before uh, the regular season gets going. But, uh, you know, obviously they're not, they don't want to take any chances. What if Connor McDavid isn't ready to play? What if he, say, misses the first half dozen games of the year? How critical is that to this team? That's big trouble. Yeah. <laughs> Start knowing six, you mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I mean, yeah, just what does that mean? I don't know. He's responsible for 50% of their offense, and they're, you know, offensively, they weren't very great as a, as a whole last year. Like he is he is the guy that, that stirs this drink. And just from an... Uh, a psychological standpoint, you know, you skate onto the ice and, and he's not there. Then suddenly, you know, the rest of that first line isn't as good as they used to be. And, and the other team can, you know, adjust, you know, the, the way they played, uh, you know, it, it's, it's a little bit nervous. The thing that's a bit concerning to me and like, there's two schools of thought of, of why he's not playing. Like one is like, he's Connor McDavid. He doesn't need any preseason games. Don't worry about it. When he, when the puck drops on opening night, even if he hasn't played a single preseason game, he's still going to be the best player on the ice. He's Connor McDavid and that's that. And he's going hard in practice. The other thing that kind of is in the back of my head is like, if this thing is down to like two or three weeks that he needs this extra two or three weeks, man, that's cutting it close. Like this thing should either be healed or it's not. And them saying, well, an extra two weeks can't hurt. Wait a second. Can't hurt. Is, is it healed or is it not? So, you know, I, 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 maybe it's somewhere down the middle, like, you know, he doesn't need to play in the preseason because he's Connor McDavid, and what the heck, an extra, an extra three or four weeks of recovery time can only make things better. So, I just 
you know, I hope everything's fine. I'm sure everything's fine, but he's such a important asset and a huge part of this team that, you know, I don't blame them for taking every single precaution and, and going above and beyond the, the, the prescribed weight. Well, it really seems like the bat has been taken out of McDavid's hands when it comes to the preseason because he keeps deferring us to doctors. The yeah. doctors will tell me, the doctors will tell me, instead of saying how he feels and how he, you know, usually a player has a good indication of when he's ready to come back. It's, it's his knee, it's his body. Yeah. He's out there skating and twisting and turning and he understands, but he keeps deferring to the doctors, which tells me that maybe it's not completely healed. Maybe the yeah. x-rays are, say, are saying something. Maybe the MRIs are saying something that it's not completely healed and they're yeah. waiting for it to, to completely heal because the player, to me, knows his body the best more than doctors. And, and doctors can see okay, there's still a bit of a tear here. There's still something wrong here. That's why we're not clearing you for contact. We're not clearing you for this. So it's been such a weird injury. Such a, They've been so mysterious about it. And yeah. when, when it first happened, they said, oh, it's, it's going to be okay. It's only going to be a couple months. And then he couldn't skate in the BioSteel camp. And then he couldn't do a bunch of things. And he has now he's not going to play exhibition games. Ken Holland floated the idea that he may not be ready for October 2nd. So you got to wonder... You know, how, how, what, you're right. Is this thing healed? Is yeah. it not? Is there still something that the doctors are seeing that is a concern? And this is a huge concern for, for the Edmonton Oilers because they know that without Connor McDavid, forget about playoffs. They're, they're, they're done. So they can't afford to lose this, this kid for any length of time. So they're going to be cautious with it. But yeah, you have to wonder because McDavid himself wants to play at least one or two exhibition games and they've told him, no, you can't. So the bat's really been taken out of his hands here. Yeah, and, and went to three doctors too. They went to a third opinion deciding whether surgery or not. So like right out of the box, it was, you know, right on that that line between what needed to be done. And uh, like just, again, like it's, it's, it's not okay to play right now, but in three weeks, it's going to be okay to play on October 1st. Like however long that is now, how far away is that? You're telling me that two weeks of, of is going to be the difference? I hope not. You know, from my way of thinking, it should be ready to go right now and they're just holding him out and then they'll start him then. But if they're like, it's almost ready, but it will be ready, then you're talking a matter of days on a recovering knee injury. That, that, that worries me a little bit. I can't, that can't be the case, but we'll see. So Connor McDavid, let's just say he's not ready. Who? I, well, I don't, I don't <laughs> think it's any question who would be the number one center. It would be Leon Dreisaitl, would it not? Yeah. yeah. Who, yeah. Would, who would play on his left wing? That's and then and then all of a sudden you're having to rearrange your deck chairs a bit. Yeah, you suddenly like Drysaitel and and Cassian. That doesn't have the same sort of bump that McDavid, Drysaitel, and Cassian have. Because you could easily, you know, sure put James Neal up on a line with McDavid, and I don't even know who plays on the left side. But then all of a sudden, your offensive depth, your it becomes very glaring how how shallow it is. Yeah. Maybe they go 3D, put Nuge up there with uh, Dreisaitl and and, uh, and then pray to God that your bottom nine somehow come together. I don't know. Yeah, it, it, it's a huge hole to fill and they won't be able to fill it. They have to fill it collectively and, and even then I don't think they'll be able to do it. But yeah, I'm sure they've worked out all those scenarios because I'm sure, I still believe that they're not telling us everything. They're just being, I, I hearken back, I was talking to someone down at the rink and remember during the playoffs when we asked Joe Thornton how his knee was, and every day, oh, it's a little better. It's a little yeah. better. I'm getting close. I'm getting close. At the end of the year, oh, he had torn ACL. <laughs> no, he's trying to play on a torn ACL. So, you know, when it comes to injuries, you, you just never know. But knee injuries are, are really, really um, 
really tough uh, because it's 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 a ligament and it's you know you don't really know when it's ready to go and and how strong it's going to be and how it's going to react to contact and to me I think that's the biggest fear that the Oilers have is how it's going to react to contact what happens if he's going flying down the wing and someone bumps him how is that knee going to react and I think you really don't know until you actually get into that situation. Yeah. And I think McDavid's one of those guys. Well, let's let's see. Let's let's see how it reacts. And the owners are terrified that yeah. he'll blow out the knee and be done for the year. Yeah, in practice, he looks fantastic. He's cutting and accelerating and doing everything that McDavid does. He looks he looks brilliant out there. And so, the fact that they're holding him off from contact is uh, is interesting because that's you know that's when you get hit off balance or you go awkwardly into something and you know knee first into the end boards or something and then you're 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 uh you're in some big trouble but yeah mcdavid's just a competitive athlete he says they let me go and they're saying oh no sorry this is like secretariat is has a slight limp you 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 sit it down until you're a thousand percent certain that nothing's going wrong because it's way too valuable a risk yeah he's like a race car in red right now just revving to go and they're holding him back so and i would wonder if i would imagine when he comes back he'll be wearing some kind of a brace on that knee and whether or not that would have any impact on his performance, probably not. I mean, braces aren't uncommon in professional sports, and they're certainly a lot different now than they were in the past. But I don't know. I'm not sure. Well, I still think he'll be the fastest player in the game, oh, yeah. bar none. Yeah. I think it may affect him a little bit, but <clears throat> I wonder if he affect him more psychologically than it would physically. Sometimes when you're wearing a brace, you're, you think that a little differently, and I think that's the... One issue coming back from injuries is, is always uh, the psychological aspect of it. If, if you have to be 100% sure that knee is, is going to handle and, and the wear and tear. And, and if your employer and your doctors aren't sure if it's going to be able to handle the wear and tear, I'm, I'm sure that's got to leave some doubt in McDavid's mind whether yeah. it can handle the wear and tear. Well, I, I talked to Kenny Lowe about it not, not long after it happened, and he kind of assured me that the, the PCL is really not that important. Like it's it's important to some extent, but in, in hockey players specifically – it's kind of more of a like a stabilizing thing, and if if you have really strong legs and glutes, like all hockey players do, like that's the almost the only muscles they work on nowadays, that you can be in pretty good shape coming back from that. So I think I think that's the plan. If it was a you know an ACL or an MCL, they're, they're slightly different, but uh, I think this is more of a, a, a the way he described it. It's you know it's a straight ahead thing, and 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 if your if your legs and glutes are very strong, then that will you know, compensate for, for everything else that, uh, or for, for some of what the PCL does. So that's why they let it go without surgery. Let's let it, let, let it go on its own. So, you know, we'll see. I, I'm, I'm sure everything's fine. Your hope everything's fine, but until it's Connor McDavid and until he's out there on opening night and at a weekend of the season and everything's fine, you know, you won't really be able to exhale because so much is riding on whether or not he's healthy. Literally the entire season, literally like if, if he's, like you say, he misses 10 games. That, that might be it. Like what you heard today? Get more of the Edmonton Journals and the Edmonton Sun's award-winning journalism complimentary for 30 days at edmontonjournal.com slash podcast or edmontonsun.com slash podcast or both. Why not? That's the Oil Spills podcast for today. 
You can subscribe to Oil Spills via Apple's podcast app or iTunes, Google Play, Spotify, or wherever you may access your podcasts. Mm-hmm.